check, check. Good. What's up, one church? One quick thing. One quick thing. One quick thing. If you are new with us, um, kind of want to be a part of our church, can you please, all the new people, please meet Matt in the back after service, okay? Okay? Y'all hear that? Today's a little different. <laughs> I am not on the keyboard today. Jamil had to talk me off of it. Oh, what a privilege it is to stand in front of my family for the first time and proclaim the word of God. You have, um, one church, you have loved me to life. And I am who I am today because you took me in and let me be as terrible as I was and as crazy as I was. You argue with me. Jamel didn't fire me. And uh, I am a product of how much you've loved me and helped me heal. So for that, I say thank you. Uh, quick disclaimer. We got this group text for all the like pastors and the leaders. And I told Jamel and Matt that they had to pick who was gonna be Timon and Pumbaa. <laughs> but I needed them, and I told them, y'all gotta decide which one is who is who, so. <laughs> Let's pray, and we'll dig right into this. First off, God, we just wanna come to you saying thank you. As the worship team has sung, your love is reckless. It chases us down. It fights till we're found. And we are the one that you always come after. So God, for that, we say thank you. God, for this moment, for this time, you have a word for your people. You have me here to give it to them. So help them see you and hear you and not hear me and see me. God, we are grateful that you have put us in this community. We are grateful that you have put us a part of one church to show the world what it's like to be the kingdom of God. So at this moment, God, I confess, I've done all the studying I can do, even until four o'clock this morning. I've been faithful over studying your word. So God, I ask that you, you do the rest. So let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in that sight. Oh, Lord, my strength and my redeemer. Amen. 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 One more thing I didn't say. My godfather is here. Yeah, my god, um, are you joking? Sometimes you hear me say I'm a king's kid. Well, his last name is King. And my dad was somewhere doing whatever he wanted to do. But because of the King family, they raised me and taught me how to cut grass and paint and, yeah, do all the stuff I don't even know if I should have been good. <laughs> I got all the Cheatham's in the house. <laughs> so my first fire family, hey, mama, we're here again. So let's do it. <laughs> all right, we'll dig right into this. Adrian, pull up, we'll read the scripture together. Scripture today is uh, Matthew 6, But more than anything else, put God's work first and do what he wants. And then the other things will be yours as well. You may have heard it like this in some of the verses that you read. But seek ye first 
his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. Honestly, I didn't grow up in a church like one church. I grew up in a church where everybody in the church looked like me. <laughs> we was all black. <laughs> and and because, because of that, like, we all lived in community together. Like, you, you play with the people you went to church with. You, you, you lived in the hood. You lived in Cotterholm, Southwick. You lived in some of the hood. You know, you live in these places. You saw the same people, like, Everybody was just kind of together in community. We was all black, though. We all went to the same little bitty black church. That's kind of where you learn who your first friends are. That's kind of where you learn to get into your fights. That's kind of where you learn. They, they take you, let you sing, or you really can't sing. <laughs> they let you pray, or you really can't pray. <laughs> Kevin is a product of somebody who's let sing, you really can't say. I've been <laughs> there was something really cool about the black church. It was, a, it was crazy how everybody shared the same theology, wrong or not. I really loved the, fritz, the, the fish fries. Yeah. And I loved the lock-ins. And I love when we sold Krispy Kreme donuts. <laughs> if you would have met me seven years ago, you would have saw a product 260 pounds of been eating like that. <laughs> One thing that the black church really emphasized, the church that I went to, was, was like education. The pastor that I grew up with, he... He was real stern on education. He came to Louisville for education. So we did Sunday school, and we did Bible study, and whatever else we did seven days a week at church. I had a Sunday school teacher who cussed and smoked cigarettes. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> but she taught me a lot. And so I kind of had this depiction of what I thought life, like you should live life in order to get somewhere. You should, you should do right to get somewhere. You should... You should, you should honor your mother and your father. We just got out of our Ten Commandments series. You should do all those things because ultimately you want to get to the kingdom of God. You want to make it to heaven. Heaven kind of, in my church setting, was a place someday we all get to. If you was my grandmother, we all want to see Jesus one day. When we all get to heaven, what a day of rejoicing there will be when we all see Jesus yeah, we'll sing and shout for victory. That was my thought process about what the kingdom of God and kingdom of heaven was. I was convinced that whatever this kingdom was I was striving for, far, it was far, far away, somewhere I couldn't get to by walking, and something that I needed to live really, really right in order to obtain. The opposite was hell, and hell was hot. <laughs> you didn't want to go there. I assume heaven was cold. I don't know. Nobody ever said nothing. I apparently, I was not alone in my thinking. See, not really knowing my reasons for asking. A couple of y'all, you don't even know why I ask you. I ask a few people close to me, some people in the church, some random people, what they thought the kingdom of God was. Some of these answers sounded like, it's somewhere, somewhere out there. It's somewhere that exists. It's somewhere where God lives. Uh, somebody said it was the language that Jesus used to describe his father's house. It's a place where you go, uh, this is a cool one, it's a place you go to when you transform from mortal to immortal. I don't even know what that means. <laughs> it's a, it's, something else I heard was it's a place for only certain people, like it's only God's elect, only certain people could get there. Honestly, probably before a year and a half ago of seminary, that was my concept. 
between my concept and everybody else's concept, first of all, I think we need to bring Sunday school back. <laughs> Bible study is something. And second of all, I'm like, we all got this depiction like that. Two things that was in common with everybody's answer. God was the ruler wherever heaven was, wherever the kingdom of God was, and it was the complete opposite of hell. In this text today, we find Jesus, and he's given this lesson. It's kind of considered something called the Sermon on the Mount. He kind of, he kind of does it over three chapters from five to seven. And this kind of falls right in between the middle. Kind of taking you where the text is, being a Christian was not popular, and they were always at risk of being prosecuted and persecuted for doing the unpopular thing, and that was following Jesus Christ. There's a crowd of people that Jesus is speaking to, and of course he has the disciples with him. They're following him. There's a crowd of people Jesus is speaking to, and so he's giving them this whole speech before he even gets to, to verse 33, like, yeah, he gives them the Lord's Prayer, and he gives them all these things. So he gives it to all these people, and he says all these cool things. Then he goes down the line and says, don't worry, and all these cool things. And So then he turns around starts speaking to the church, I mean the disciples, and says, let me tell you something. Don't really worry about this stuff. Don't get yourself worked up over the things that we all feel like are a necessity. Sidebar. <laughs> if I would have been there, I would have been like, Jesus, hold on, fam. Hold on. <laughs> I mean, I know you Jesus and all. You can do the Jesus thing. But what you just told me is not to worry about the things that I feel like would be important, like money and, you know, maybe food. Don't worry about food. Like, Jesus, how, how are we going to live if I don't eat food? They already talk about me. They say I lost too much weight. How are we going to live <laughs> if you tell us not to worry about food? Exactly. See? See? Anna believes me. And instead of that, Jesus says, don't worry about all that stuff. Do me a favor. Seek God's kingdom first and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. I would probably have questions about what this kingdom meant. He's talking to the, he's talking to the disciples, and that was, because whatever this kingdom was, was obviously way more important than food, water, elginy. Yeah, <laughs> and paying the bills, I assume. <laughs> Especially for them, though. They were all kind of in Rome. And see, the Roman kingdom, the language of kingdom, kind of was connected to Rome and the imperial powers at that point. So I think Jesus was pretty strategic in using the, word, in using the phrase kingdom of God. Jesus kind of used, he, when he used this phrase, he used it intentionally. And as he walked around teaching a gospel that was unpopular, he stood, this, this, using, that, using that phrase was him standing in direct opposition to the kingdom that Rome thought they had versus the kingdom that Jesus was talking about. Jesus is talking about this kingdom, literally saying that kingdom think they something, but nah, not really. The truth of the matter is they had probable cause to be worried. The scrutiny that they faced, the pressure they were under, from the Roman government, they had to face, they had to deal with so many things, so many people, so many things that was oppositional to them. First of all, Christianity was kind of a new religion. It wasn't a thing back then. And, be, and because of that, they certainly, I said, they, they, they kind of suffered persecution and prosecution. And so people thought they were crazy walking around following the Savior 
who somehow proclaimed he was the son of God and that he was coming to do something about this kingdom that we've yet to, to hear and to, that he's yet to really explain. They were scrutinized because they did something. They were choosing to be different in an atmosphere where everybody was either challenged to be the same or be killed. So what exactly was Jesus talking about? What did Jesus mean? What was this kingdom of God? To come to find out this phrase is probably one of the most debated phrases among scholars and theologians. And after doing my research and becoming a little bit familiar with the passage, I learned something. I learned what the kingdom is not. Let me help you. What the kingdom is not is a place that we all eventually go to. It's not this some far off place that's billion, billion miles away. The kingdom, not, the kingdom of God is not a bunch of people who look the same, who act the same, are the same. The kingdom of God is not a place that only houses those that are deemed worthy by our small-minded, worldly views of what's right and what's wrong. The kingdom of God is not, is not some place that's only available to you at the end of your life experience. The kingdom of God is not a place absent of issues or absent of enemies. It's not classified into these humanly categories that we have, that's like racism, classism, and sexism, and any other of these man-made criteria that we've somehow used to measure people's worth. In fact, I brought a couple people with me today, and I brought a movie with me today to help us unpack what I believe Jesus is trying to say about the kingdom of God and how seeking it first will be helpful to what he's trying to do on earth. exists together in a delicate balance. As king, you need to understand that balance and respect all the creatures, from the crawling ant to the leaping antelope. But Dad, don't we eat the antelope? Yes, Simba, but let me explain. When we die, our bodies become the grass, and the antelope eat the grass. And so, we are all connected in the great circle of life. First things first, Mufasa says that everything, one of the requirements for this kingdom is that everything has to exist together. Mufasa, as he points toward nature and the other animals in the kingdom, he gives Simba this over, overview of how the kingdom exists. In so many words, Mufasa gives young Simba a lesson that I believe will help us really get the gist of what Jesus was saying in Matthew 6 about the kingdom of heaven. Everything exists together. I don't know about you, but to, but to me, that signifies diversity. Mufasa gives us an accurate depiction of diversity. At the core, Mufasa explains to Simba that everything is not alike, but just because everything is not alike does not mean that it cannot coexist. See, when you think of the kingdom of God, the one thing that Jesus is explaining to us is that you must understand that things don't have to be alike in order to be in harmony. We just have to be like-minded. God's kingdom is diverse, and it is a bunch of people who, who have decided that they may not be the same, they may not have the same background, they may not have the same political views, they may not have the same income because I'm broke, they don't even have the same, they don't even have really, they don't really have to even have the same religious views about who, about, about God and all, uh, about God, but, but and they, they may not have the same, and they have to be a part, but what they have agreed on is the fact that they want to be a part of something that is bigger than them. See, this sounds like a bunch of people who are nothing alike, 
but are like-minded in that we want to serve Jesus and we are committed to actively being his hands and feet on earth. We exist together. We must respect each other. Why? Because we are all connected, what? In the great circle of life. We don't have to be the same to serve the same God. We don't have to be alike to, to, to coexist. The kingdom exists because there is diversity. Look around you. Take a quick look around you. Some black, some white, some mixed. This is what the kingdom of God depicts. Anybody that tells you different, this is what is a depiction of the kingdom of God. Where we can literally coexist together. We do got problems. But our God is bigger than our problems. Adrian, do me a favor. Put up that picture. I need to pause and tell you something. That this really does not exist. What, what, what we're really trying to do with this church, this diversity, it's, it's not really like, it's not common. It really does not exist without the enemy putting pressure on it. See, the entire movie shows how Scar was completely against the way Mufasa did church, I mean, Pride Rock. Seeking God's kingdom doesn't come without an, act, without an active adversary consistently trying to come against everything your church is trying to build. Everybody won't agree with the fact that black and white people can be in community together at, one, I mean, at Pride Rock. But Jesus says you cannot consume yourself with worry and anxiety about the enemy. You must consume yourself with the mission of heaven and the kingdom of God. That's first. See, the second thing Mufasa tells him was that in order for, for, the, for this kingdom, so this church to be functional and, proper, and pro, prosperous, is that we must respect all the creatures. I ain't calling nobody creatures. <laughs> we must respect all the creatures, our people, who are a part of it. Let me say that again. In order for this thing to exist, this church, this kingdom of God to exist, we must respect all the creatures and what they bring. Everybody who's a part of it and everybody who brings their little bit. We must respect what Chris brings because it's not the same thing that Matt brings. We must respect what Jamel brings because it's not the same thing that Wendy brings. We must respect what, what, what Byrne brings because it's not the same thing that Angel brings. In order to be the kingdom of God, we must gather a respect for the diversity that everybody comes to the table with. The most segregated hour and the whole entire nation is on Sunday mornings during church time. You know why? It's because people have decided that their man-made traditions are bigger than what God's mission is for the world. We've somehow missed it. The kingdom of God is not something that can exist far beyond this. And the fact the kingdom of God Jesus spoke of began when he came to earth. And it won't be complete until he, he comes again. We must understand something about the kingdom of God, and that is Jesus, and, 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 that's, and why Jesus is asking us to seek it. There has to be some intentionality about the church. We got to stop coming together and thinking things are just going to happen. We got to stop bragging about being diverse. We got to stop bragging about, oh man, we change worship. We got to stop bragging about who sings this. We got to stop bragging about that and really be intentional about being, building community and being together. Yeah. 
Because it's bigger than us. It's bigger than you. It's bigger than me. Let me show you something. Respect all creatures. Ha <laughs> ha. Look at the kids. They like Scooby. What the heck is this? <laughs> you look at this picture. <laughs> Thanks, Zoe. What in God's green name? <laughs> what in the Noah's Ark is going on here? <laughs> look at this picture. A warhawk. This is a, a Timon. Whatever this thing is over here, Simba. Yeah, who is this? That's Simba. A bird. Whatever this. Like, look at this. If you, if you watch the movie, you understand that when Timon takes Simba to this place, right? Timon takes Simba to this place, and it's kind of like, let me introduce you to the fellas. And then here comes everybody out. This looks like a bunch of misfits. If you look at this community of people, this should not be working, people. To me, Timon and Pumbaa are the most crucial characters in this story plot. I mean, look at this. Look at this. Look at what they've built. Look at what Jamela. I mean, look at what Timon and Pumbaa have built. This is a community of animals. They literally should be eating each other. According to the statistics and the way the food chain is set up, this should not be working this well. Look at this. I mean, I was a little surprised when he takes Simba over there. He's like, let me introduce you to the fellas. And then they open up the thing, and then they all kind of eating whatever they eating. And Simba's like, well, I'm kind of hungry. They're like, yeah, well, what you want to eat? Y'all got a little antelope, and the antelope is like, uh-oh. <laughs> Puba should be eating everything in that, in that habitat. How in the world is, what, is, is this working? <laughs> what in the world is going on here? How do they have a black pastor and a white pastor? What kind of music do they sing? What kind of church community is this? They got all kind of people in there. They got black people in there. They got bald people in there. They got an usher in there who fusses at you at the door. They got untraditional families. They got, they got white families raising black babies. They got black families raising white babies. How in the world is this working? They got Republicans and Democrats. How in the heck are they worshiping in the same building? How in the heck are they surviving off manna? How in the heck are they surviving off grub and they are not clawing at each other? Here's the thing. They are an active group of people who have actively decided that they will seek first God's mission and God's... 
This is how it's working. This is who God is calling the church to be. We are to embrace diversity over division. God is calling the church to be a place where there is a mixture of people who actively and intentionally be the hands and feet of Jesus, who are always becoming while we wait on Jesus to show up and the kingdom will be complete. God is calling the church to be active in righteousness. That's the kingdom of God, a place where a bunch of different people, a bunch of misfits have come together and actively seek justice for all people. And just in case you need to be reminded, the church is the place for the misfits. The church is the place for the alcoholics. The church is the place for the drug addicts. The church is the place for the prostitutes. The church is the place for the people in recovery. The church is the place for the LGBTQ. The church is the place where people have been cast down. Cast down. The church is the place who stands for justice. This picture. This church, this is the kingdom of God. <laughs> Thanks, Zoe. <laughs> the third thing Mufasa tells Simba is that everybody in this community, we understand the circle of life. I'm not going to cry today. But I don't know about you, but this circle of life has a tendency to make us all wonder, why do we do this? This circle of life is full of despair. This circle of life comes with complications. This circle of life sometimes comes with four surgeries that you never seen coming. Sometimes this circle of life brings you to a building that almost exhausts all the church's resources while you're trying to be committed to building what it is God gave you the vision to build. This circle of life gets rough. community that they built here is important. This is one of the truths about the church one. This, this, is, this is what the truth needs to be about the church one day. Not that I walked in the church and a bunch of people look like me. Not that I walked in the church and a bunch of people think like me. But just a bunch of people who are Christ-like. What does Jesus mean by seek first the kingdom? It means that everybody who got breath in their body gets the blood. Let me tell you why the church is so important. Let me tell you why it's important for this community to look like this. Let me tell you, let me tell you what you're supposed to be for people. Play that clip, Adrian.
Who is that, Zoe? Who is that? Simba. The call of the church is to be wounded healers. Because one day somebody is going to walk in your doors, the doors of this church, and be that exhausted. Somebody is going to walk in the doors of your church and be that worn out with the circle of life. Somebody's going to walk in your church and, and they are going to be just about ready to give it all up. Somebody's going to walk in your church and they've smoked their last crack pipe. I'm just trying to help somebody. And they drink their, somebody is going to walk in your church a mess. Somebody's going to come to you because you say you're the church, exhausted, looking for hope. Put my picture back up of Timon and Pumla and what they got going on here. The kingdom of God is the church. See, God strategically placed the church of this caliber in this area. But I need you to explain something. This is a building, but this is kingdom. We are all gathered here in a place. But the kingdom of God is here. And together, functionally, this is what we form. We need to be the people. We need to be Timon and Pumbaa. We need to be somebody's Timon and Pumbaa because of what they were to Simba. Let me tell you what this community did for Simba. This community healed Simba. He was able to kind of be a mess. This community, they embraced Simba. They was a little nervous at first. But let me tell you why they were able to do those things. Because this is a community of people, and you get Timon and Pooh's whole story when you watch the movie. They got the whole story about how they ended up in this community with these misfits and what they've built. These people, Timon and Pumbaa, are wounded warriors. Okay? And because of that, they were able to bring Simba to this place that they've constructed for the outsiders. How can you do that? Well, you remember your story. You remember you were Simba once. You were lost. You were hurt. You were fed up. You were abused. You were church hurt. You were abandoned. You had a still was tired of fighting Scar. Because Scar just kept coming at you and you kept trying not to cuss. 
But thanks be to God our Father, who has allowed us to find a church that is actively striving to be a kingdom of God and who has committed to always becoming. Our testimonies have built this community. And they make us who we are. I don't understand church people. We get in here, we get in our fancy clothes, and we somehow forget that I was you before. That was you who couldn't, who couldn't put down the, the, the bottle. That was you who used sex to cover up what was really hurting inside. That was you who was cast out by your family because they really didn't understand you. That was you once. Our testimonies have made this place, and they will continue to make the church what it is. Let me stand right here and tell you, the church is not dead. I don't care what the naysayers say. I don't care what Orange Man says. The church is not dead. The church is alive and forming things like these like these misfit habitats, in order to actively seek the mission of Jesus Christ. you got to be this place because one day somebody is going to show up as a drug addict. And one day somebody's going to show up and we, and we need to be the community that helps them and loves on them, comforts them. We need to be the community that loves them not change them, not make them to what we want them to look like. We need to be the community that loves them, that walks with them, that talks with them, that reminds them that they belong to a God, the same God that saved you, the same God that picked you up, the same God that turned you around. And you lead them to, to a river. You lead them to that healing place. And at that moment, God speaks and says, just like he did you, remember who you are. This is the intersection between hurt and healed. This is the intersect. This is the bridge. The church is the intersection. This is the bridge that actively seeks to love on people and to walk with people and to fight with people and to go get people out of crack houses and to go get people out of apartment buildings and to go get people out of battle. This is the kingdom that is the intersection. That is the intersection that says, that gets you to a place where you can actively hear the voice of God and say, Mike Mufasa appeared and said, huh? Remember? Who you are. I don't know what you know what this word righteousness means. But it literally just means justice. Ultimately, our goal is not to fight each other. Ultimately, our goal is defeat. Put that picture back up. This is our enemy. The community we are part of is not our enemy. We can't fight these petty fights in these communities because there's people who actively need to be healed. It's people who, who, who really need to be loved. This is our enemy. What does scar represent? The inequality that's happening. What does scar represent? The injustice that's happening. 
What does SCAR represent? A government that locks up babies in cages and terrorizes people at the border who are trying to actively seek a kingdom of God and find a better life. This is our enemy, not each other. The healing work of the kingdom of God will benefit us. Show me that last picture of the next one. That, that little clip of Not this one. Nope, nope, not yet. The other way. <laughs> the fight. Show me the fight. The fight. Nope, not that one. successful without the support of the people he met while he was being healed. You cannot fight justice injustice alone. You cannot fight this battle of the enemy alone. When we wrestle against, we wrestle against the principalities and the dark rulers of this world. You cannot fight this alone. And in order for Simba to, to, to regain Pride Rock, he, gained, he had to gain a community of people who literally showed up when he needed them the most. It's our expected end that we ultimately go take back Pride Rock. That we ultimately show the world that the church is alive and well and we can actively be together even though we are different. I don't care if you Methodist, Baptist, nothing at all. We need to show the world that we have actively sought to be together because it's bigger than us. Let's resolve on the rest of this verse. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. Jesus promised the disciples something, that if they put their energy into the kingdom, which is the kingdom, what is the kingdom? It's a bunch of diverse people being together with the like-minded, being the hand and feet of Jesus, of God, and above all else, everything that they was ever worried about would be given to them. One of my favorite things about this was when Simba had to eat like the rest of the slugs, like the community, and he was like, oh my gosh, what is this? <laughs> and in this mixed community, Jesus talks about God's provision. All these things will be added unto you. Jesus talks about God's provision. And in this mixed community, right, all of them had, of course, appetites of their own. But when they came together, they decided that we was cool with manna. They came and decided that we're not going to eat each other. We're just going to eat the slugs. We're going to eat the bugs. Simple, that ain't really how we do it around here. You don't get to eat the antelope. <laughs> In this mixed community, we saw God's provision. 
Every time manna shows up in the Bible, it's God's provision. The kingdom of God began when Jesus came. And literally, it is always becoming until he returns. The kingdom of God is literally always becoming. Never complete until, until the day that Jesus comes back. Whenever that is, it's been coming forever. <laughs> Pull that last slide up with, with, with our new translation of this verse, Adrian. The exegetical work on this, I need that good, all that seminary, I pay all that money I pay to seminary. We, we should get something out of it. The good exegetical work on this is that, let's read this together. Seek first a community of people with the mind of Christ, pursuing equity, justice, and fairness amongst one another and for all people, and all these things will be added unto you. One church, I just make this declaration that whatever it is that we still need, that whatever it is you need privately, whatever that you need, that we need for this church, our resolve is that we come in here and we commit to actively being a part of this community, and we trust God, and we watch God do the things that he promised he would do when he put this church together. Everything that we need privately for ourselves and publicly with our church, by doing kingdom work, we can trust and believe in Jesus. And Jesus has promised that all things that we need, money, members, resources, husbands, some of y'all looking for husbands. <laughs> Mama, we're going to get you a cowboy. That's where we take our rest. I'm finished. That's where we take our rest. This verse literally tells us, seeking first the kingdom of God, and in the promises, that's where we can rest in God's promises and his provision. And because we trust the outcome, we can all resolve on this one thing together. Adrian, play that last clip. you want church. All right, all right, come on, give Scooby another hand clap. Wonderful, wonderful job. Great job, great job. Yeah. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things and Hakuna Matata will be possible uh, because a community who is seeking the kingdom, God's kingdom, will ensure that those without will always have. Because the Bible teaches us that if there's going to be police, uh, peace, if there's going to be true shalom, it cannot happen. I can't have peace if you don't have peace. And I, I can't have knowing that my sisters and my brothers are starving. Yeah, that, that is a powerful message. Thank you so much again for that wonderful, wonderful word. Yeah. 
Praise God. Great job. Great job. Yeah, I'm, I'm just full today. How about you guys? Great worship, great word. And um, just really, um, really want to take some time, though, before we go. So if you can stand all over the room. Before we get out of here, if I can get um, Kat Joshua, if you guys could come forward for me. Aaron, can you come please too?